Welcome to Into the Woo, a wellness podcast hosted by Alice Hu. I'll be exploring the world of crystals, energy healing, spirit guides, and more to help you understand how they can unlock your potential. These concepts have helped me discover my purpose and my truth, and I can't wait to hear how they will inspire you. I'll show you how they can be accessible and powerful tools in your life. When I first stumbled upon human design, it really helped me to accept myself. It's a system kind of like Myers-Briggs or Enneagram. Profiling, if you will. It takes elements from astrology, the I Ching, Kabbalah, and the chakra system. So I'm a projector in human design. And I'm not in the majority of the population, and I operate differently. Throughout my career, I've always felt like this, that I didn't fit into a typical structure of an organization, and I often felt a pull between doing something on my own and pursuing the typical nine to five. I always had a different perspective, and I've definitely had supervisors say, "Uh, we're just going to continue doing it the way that we did before. This, we don't want to try something new. And entrepreneurship has always been with me since the start of my career. It's just shifted from a side hustle to now my full-time job. And when I learned that I was a projector in human design, it really just clicked because projectors are different. They have a different perspective. They also are wonderful guides and great at giving advice. But they need to find the right audience or rather the invitation I'm constantly giving advice to people who don't even ever take the advice, which has now prompted me to ask, how can I support you? Do you want me to listen or give advice? And I found that to be so much more helpful. People would constantly talk about the same issues with me again and again, but really not change their behavior. But when I started Woo Company, I felt like it was a very big shift and an opportunity for me to share my advice, uh, my learnings in a way that people were ready to receive. People started to listen and they really wanted this information. It was my invitation. So now I invite you to learn a little bit more about your blueprint, how you operate. It's really helped me embrace my authentic self and be unapologetic of what I want, even though it's very different from what everyone else is doing. Quick note before this episode, I just launched a monthly membership. I'm very excited to bring you events, healing sessions, meditations, workbooks, community, and so much more. It's a wonderful resource if you're looking for guidance and community to help you on your spiritual path. Everything that I'll be sharing will help you connect with your highest self and with your purpose. We'll be talking about a lot of different topics each month. It's the price of one of my workshops, $33, and you get so much more, so it's really a no-brainer. Check out the show notes for the link to join. I'm so excited to welcome Graciela Razor to the show. She's a writer, an artist, and a human design expert. I've been looking to do an event uh, with someone knowledgeable about human design for so long, and it's just never worked out. And so I'm so excited to share more about human design on the podcast. Graciela, thank you so much for your time today. And I'd love to have you introduce yourself. Hi, Alice. Thank you for having me. I totally agree. Your audience is absolutely going to love learning more about human design. So I'm so excited to share that with them today. 
A little about me. I, it's really funny. I know people are having a spiritual awakening right now, but I feel like I'm almost having a return. Um, I grew up in California, so already you've got like those hippie vibes going on, and my mom is Mexican-American, so I grew up with kind of that non-Westernized wisdom, uh, celebrating Day of the Dead, having some psychics in my family, which we're, we're now kind of just learning about being in touch with spirit, intuition, and then my dad was one of the early Western adopters of yoga and meditation and Buddhism, so I grew up with that as well. And also one of the early adopters of avocado toast. <laughs> oh, I loved that. I love that. <laughs> so yeah, when I hear about everyone having their spiritual awakening, I kind of view mine as a spiritual return. And when I went corporate after college, my parents were pretty surprised, which is kind of the opposite of how everyone else's parents I know would deal you know, with that situation. And I had always been this creative kid and teenager. So they kind of weren't expecting it. And now when I tell people that I've gone back over into that spiritual side of things with my writing and art and human design readings, they're really surprised if I've met them within the last, say, five to 10 years. And I have to say, oh, actually, this was always a part of me. Uh, I just had to suppress it. Um, or thought I had to. And I think a lot of people are having that experience right now. So I'm really excited to share more about human design. It's really something that helps us get back to ourselves and like recognize that we're already so special and powerful and unique, just as we are. And we don't need to change ourselves to fit into this version of, of society that we think we need to have. Absolutely. And I love that you call it a spiritual return. I think so many of us were curious about these things um, in childhood or in our teenage years, but it was viewed as weird um, by society at large or even some friends and family. And so it was seen something more of a hobby and not something that could be pursued professionally. But as we've seen um, in the last few years, especially there is this really strong acceptance and curiosity about like all things woo, spiritual, holistic wellness. And you're so right. People are experiencing their own spiritual awakenings or returns. And what that really means is just coming back to yourself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that is what human design helps us do. Just return to ourselves and it's not about it's not about reaching for something that's outside of yourself. It's really just about letting what's in you already shine and unlearning all of the conditioning that you've picked up in the world. So that's why I love it. How did you come across it? So like many people listening to this podcast, I'm sure, I also heard about human design on a podcast a couple years ago. That's pretty much everyone's introduction to it. And I, I was just feeling a, a little bit lost a few years ago. And I heard this woman talking on a podcast about this new tool, um, kind of like this new spiritual modality, a mix of a whole bunch of things. Um, the I Ching from Taoism, the Tree of Life from Kabbalah, the chakra system, which I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with, and then various systems of astrology. And 
it sounded wild, but everything she was saying about it just resonated with me. And the message at the end of it all was that you could find out who you really were at your core under all the BS that you picked up in the world. And then you could meet that person and you could kind of live as that person. And something about it just felt so important to me. I pulled out my phone right away and went to a a natal chart calculator, which human design like astrology, is just based on your birth time, date and place. Um, So it's not a personality test. There's nothing you have to do. It's just kind of these innate qualities you were born with. And I typed in all that information to the to the calculator and it pulled up all of these numbers and words and symbols that I couldn't make sense of, but I could just tell there was something really, really important about it. And so I kind of started there two years ago and then went further and further down the path of learning about human design. And it's just been a really wonderful awakening for me. And then of course, for all of the people that (laughs) I have now uh, talked their ear off about human design. Yeah. I remember when I discovered human design, I really don't know how, where I discovered it, but I really went into a deep dive. I think the first time was probably like years and years ago. And then um, when I started Woo Woo Company last year, I dived into some more. And I think the best part of it, it's it's like um, a blueprint, an operating manual for how you are in the world. And it really just allows you to feel, hey, I don't need to conform to um, what I think I should be doing, how I think I should be living my life. And when I discovered I was a projector, a lot of things made sense. <laughs> <laughs> so many things made sense and I don't want to um, skip too far ahead. And so I think it's a wonderful time to talk about these five energy types. So in human design, there are different types. And once you take the test online, which we will link in the show notes, you're able to discover which type you are. And so Graciela, can you share a little bit more about the different types? I'd love to. So just to provide a little background on how we get to the energy types, um, human design is the study of the aura, and that's the energetic body that surrounds each person. So every person has a different, unique type of energy body, and human design, like you said, absolutely provides that roadmap to kind of understanding it and then creating more flow in your life Um, because the five energy types are these five different kinds of energy bodies you can have. Almost like a sun sign in astrology where you'd say, I'm a Libra. Um, You would say, I'm a projector, which is one of the energy types that you brought up. And so if you do, I would actually recommend pausing the episode right now. And the site you can go to is mybodygraph.com and just plug that in and look for the word energy type on the chart and then come back to this episode because I know you are absolutely going to resonate with one of these types. Um, and I just, I can't wait for you to get this information about yourself. So let's dive into them. Um, and we'll start with manifestors. So manifestors have the biggest aura out of all of the types. They're someone that 
you just can't help but notice when they walk into a room. Um, they're just, they have this big, powerful boss energy and they make up about 8% of the population. So it's a little more rare that you would meet a manifester and they have the qualities that you would typically associate with a leader. Um, when we think about the leaders of the past, quite a few of them were manifestors. Um, but being a manifester nowadays isn't really about bossing people around or seizing power. That's like a very old paradigm way of looking at it. Um, it's more about being this trailblazer and embodying this powerful, fierce energy and following your own path and just acting on your impulses. Um, so I know that people are a little nervous about being labeled as impulsive, but these types really are impulsive and it's important that they step into that role because that impulsiveness is actually the divine speaking through them. Um, and the universe kind of communicating these new paths that they need to follow. So manifestors are the only type that don't need to wait for any type of collaboration from the universe in order to just act on something. And the right people for them, because they do still embody that leader type of quality, the right people are just going to get on board with them, get on that train and ride it. Um, and they actually, they need those people's help to kind of get their tasks done, realize their big vision, um, because their energy kind of comes in fits and starts. And so these are the types that are like politicians, CEOs, right? Right. So that's who you would typically think of. And now I think here is a great time to say that no one energy type is better than any other energy type. And being one of these doesn't limit you from, say, being a politician or being a CEO. It's kind of just like the archetype that we would think of. But human design is all about thinking about how could we do things in a different way? How could we do things in a way that's more authentic to certain people? Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that you bring that up because, you know, just because you're one of the other types, um, which would be 92% of people, absolutely doesn't mean that you're limited as far as being a leader. It's just that maybe your leadership looks a little different. Mm, okay. And then once we talk about the other energy types, it'll be interesting to see and discuss the types of leadership that will mm -hmm. manifest in each of the different types. Mm-hmm. Yes. And not to go too far down the rabbit hole, but there are a bunch of things that can kind of tell you about your leadership style in the chart, um, you know, based on the color you have in the chart, based on the lines and the numbers that are lit up. And those are all things that if you're looking at your chart and you're seeing something that makes no sense, those are all kind of little gifts that would be hidden in there. Uh, but I digress. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so much information. There really is. So getting back into the second energy type that we have would be the manifesting generator. And so those folks are a hybrid of the manifester that we just talked through. So the, the types that are speaking things into existence that are exhibiting these big, bold qualities, and then also a generator. 
um, which we haven't talked about yet, but they have a, a very warm energy. They have the power to just get things done. Um, and so being a manifesting generator and having these two innate qualities, these two sides to you, kind of makes you almost like a superhero because you can both speak things into existence and then get those things done. So like I said, the manifester, they have these big, bold visions and then they kind of need people's help to execute them. Uh, but the manifesting generator can kind of take it all on and act like this whirlwind. And as long as they're following their heart's desires, um, they're really going to be set. Uh, they're very much here to experience a multi-passionate life. So when we think of people that are multi-passionate entrepreneurs, maybe they're bosses in some businesses, but in some businesses they're on a board or, you know, maybe they're actually carrying out the tasks. Like it can look very, very different for them. Uh, you know, maybe you've got someone who loves tennis uh, but who also loves to paint. Um, and it's like, how could you be this person who has such different sides to you? But that is very much the energy that they're here to embody. They're kind of here to say yes to everything that lights them up um, because it's either a, a gift and a skill that they're going to hone or there's some sort of lesson in it for them. So when they do that, they're creating energy for themselves and other people and it's just overflowing and kind of filling the world with love and energy. And so it's really, really important that they, at the end of the day, just pursue what they love, even if that looks like taking um, a very, very non-linear path. So kind of letting go of the judgment around following a, a non-linear path and just doing what their heart desires. And also for them, knowing that just because they can do it all doesn't mean that they have to. So I think sometimes we forget to mention that all of the types need rest um, because we're all human. And so we all deserve that. And what is the percentage of the population um, that's the manifesting generator? That's in that's in the 30s, um, and generators are also going to be in the 30s. So it's very likely that you're either a manifesting generator or a generator. Um, and that's not to say that those types should feel any less special. In fact, um, the world was kind of built for generators and manifesting generators, so it's likely that you are um, you're kind of going to have what you need to succeed already in the world, and there will be a little bit less unlearning to do about being one of these types. Mm, got it. Okay. So then what is a generator? Mm -hmm. So the generators have this juicy life force energy um, that other people can't help but be attracted to. Um, so they, when they're doing what they love, they are just sparkly and people are feeling the love from them. They're feeling the laughter. They're feeling the joy. And at the end of the day, generators are on this earth to create what they love and to love what they create. That is really the end all be all for them. So when they're doing the things they love, they're really able to do that well and do it all day. Um, so if you have a generator who, say, loves basketball, they can just play from sunup to sundown and 
of course, again, bringing in that rest element, like, yes, they'll get tired, but they'll feel so lit up from it. And they'll just be overflowing with this energy that other people can take in from them. And they're actually able to kind of use the universe like their personal shopper. So what I mean by that is that they can have the universe kind of send them opportunities that they can either accept or decline based on what lights them up. So they're really, it's not about pushing and hustling to find what you love. It's kind of letting the universe send things to you. So you can either say, Ooh, I feel really lit up by that. I want to pursue it or no, actually I'm not getting any joy from that. That's not for me. And trusting that things will come into your life, especially if you're in that really like lit up happy state and generators because they're kind of these naturally giving beings. They're really giving energy based on doing what they love. They can kind of, their sense of duty can kind of get in the way of following their dreams um, because they, they sense that they're here to kind of help people. But really the helping people only comes in the fact that when they're doing what they love, they're creating extra good energy. Uh, so they literally just can't afford to be involved in things that don't light them up. Um, their energy is just too precious and that's going to block other good things from coming through. So for them, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. <laughs> got it. Got it. So we've gone through the, the, the manifester, the manifesting generator and the generator. And so we've have about, 68 of the population, 68% accounted for. Mm -hmm. A little more than that even. Yeah, now we're, we've passed into the 70s. So now we've come to the non-energy types, um, and that's projectors and reflectors, and I'll break them down separately. But just before we get into that, I want to break down what you know, kind of non-energy type means, uh, because that does not mean that these people are lethargic or weak, um, or that, you know, they can't do anything. Um, <laughs> it's not that at all. It's just that they don't have the ability to create their own consistent source of energy. And so they take it in from other people, right? So that just kind of makes them like a little more sensitive and people that kind of need to work in a different way than others. Um, again, like they're not meant to have that consistent energy source. And when they do come into contact with other people, they're really feeding off of their energy and they're using that energy to kind of carry them through on the projects and ignite uh, their doing. And because of this, they can be really, really efficient with energy actually. So it's not that they need to do less because you know, they're weak, as I said, it's that they need to do less because they can be so efficient in the time where they are doing. And their gifts really don't come from their output. They come from their perspective. So let me get into that a little more with projectors. Um, and so projectors kind of, they're here to see things in a unique way. And their advice is incredibly valuable. Um, so again, it's not about what they do. It's not about their output. It's not about what they create. It's about how they're seeing things differently, whether that's in business, relationships, spirituality, or something else, depending on 
their niche. And for them, finding that niche is really key for their success. Um, And projectors are actually kind of naturally guided towards success. So that's kind of a nice sign from the universe for them that they're going to be on the right track. They're really here to guide the tribe with their gifts. So it's important that they recognize themselves as special and valuable first in order to then be recognized by others and called to share those gifts. So again, this is another type where it's less about the pushing, less about the just do it mentality, and more about trusting that the universe is going to bring opportunities, people, things to you if you're really standing in your power and acting as that expert in whatever niche you've chosen. And the niche can look so different depending on the projector. So this, again, is not to limit anyone. Um, And people say that projectors are actually kind of the new model for leadership. Um, A lot of founders for startups and things like that are actually more of these projector types because it is in the seeing things so differently, kind of seeing what the world needs rather than just taking charge and forcing the world to have what you want. (laughs) Yeah. So when I, you know, learned that I was a projector that I was meant to guide, it really made a lot of sense. It allowed me to better accept myself and especially the part about um, non-energy and being very efficient and needing time to rest. Those are things that really resonated with me because I was always the one in the office that thought it was absurd to be sitting in an office for like eight plus hours a day. <laughs> I'm like, why? This is not an efficient use of time. Um, I'm not. I'm not getting as much stuff done. I should just go do something else, like my laundry, or run errands, or sit in a park and enjoy myself. Hmm. Yeah, you're hitting the nail on the head right now, and I'm a projector too. And that was something that to me had really been on my mind for a long time. And this is the part of the podcast where I say that projectors ideally would only work about four hours a day. And everyone says, wait, now I want to be a projector. (laughs) Um, But that that four hours is really, that's about the doing. Again, as I said, they're really, really efficient, so they can get a ton done in that four hours, and that's really where they're creating and doing and doing the hard things. And now the rest of their day can still look like work, um, but maybe it's more that they're doing research, they're keeping up to date on the trends in their industry, they're available for calls for people who need advice from them or need to workshop something for a project. Uh, Maybe they're just writing and kind of expressing how they feel and, and brainstorming on their own. That's all work, right? So just remembering that this is not to hold you back. Like this is really to expand you and to just say, oh, wait, we're all kind of here to do things a little differently. And how can we be working in a way that's really playing to everyone's strengths, Um, you know, not just this idea of work that we've all kind of grown up thinking of in our minds. Yeah. And I, and I'm really glad that you made the distinction between um, 
uh, non-energy types and uh, manifestors, manifesting generators and generators, because for a really long time, even up until recently, I always was wondering, like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I just get a normal job? Why can't I just get a typical job? Why do I have to go against the grain? Why am I so unhappy um, in everything that I do? It's it's not that I wasn't excited, but once I started, you know, a job, I would get bored in six months or a year and be like, okay, what's next? And feel quite stagnant. Mm-hmm. So understanding my my uh, type was just instrumental in accepting myself and really embracing um, who I am as a person and how I want to live my life. Yeah. Yeah. And I hear that from people a lot and I resonate with that as well. And before we, before we wrap up the type, I do want to talk about reflectors. Um, but I will preface this by saying that reflectors are only 1% of the population. So I'm not sure how many we have listening, but if, if you are, know that you are so unique, so special. Um, and that, again, not that you're better than any other type, but just know that the way you operate is very, very different um, than the rest of us. So they're also obviously non-energy types, but the reflector's chart is completely open. And what I mean by that is if you're looking at your chart right now, you'll see that there's like some shapes and some of them have color and some of them don't. Um, But for a reflector chart, they would have no color at all in the chart. Um, Those little shapes would all be white. Um, And so what that means is they're, they're really the ultimate empaths and they're kind of taking in energy from everything at all times. And for them, that turns into this deep, deep potential for wisdom. So they are able to kind of be the most wise out of all the types because they act as mirrors for everyone that they surround them with um, and for society as a whole. So a healthy environment for them is kind of everything. Just the idea that you are the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with is so, so true for a reflector. So it's really important that they place themselves in environments that feel safe and supportive and happy um, because they really are so susceptible to taking in that energy. And that's actually not to say that they need to kind of like lock themselves away um, and just put up all these boundaries and walls because as I said, like they have such potential for wisdom and they do really need to be taking all of this energy wisdom in and processing it for us. So they actually belong kind of at the center of the tribe and they should really be encouraged to share their perspective on life and kind of all this wisdom and energy that they're absorbing by those around them. Um, And because they can have such a chameleonic quality based on who they're with, where they're at, they're really meant to embrace that. So the idea in spirituality kind of that we have to find ourselves and hold on to that and not let go of that for them, it's actually less of that and more allowing for more flow in life and just not defining or labeling themselves at all, actually. And just knowing that they have the potential, potential actually to be whatever they want to be. 
um, just kind of based on where they're at and who they're with and, and how they want to show up in life. Mm. So we have 1% reflector and projectors are around 20 to 30% of the population, you'd say? About 20%. Yeah, I think it's 22. And in my research on human design, I have read that um, with each new generation, these uh, these types are shifting so that now we have more projectors and reflectors. Is that true? I'd love to learn a little bit more about that. And like past generations, maybe we're more like manifesting generators and generators. And now the world needs a different type of person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what I've read too. I mean, of course, <laughs> you can only get so much information on this. It's kind of based on what is being plugged into these chart calculators and kind of keeping track of that with the new generations. But yeah, it really looks like we are welcoming more projectors and reflectors into the world. Um, projectors are actually the newest type. They were created in the past couple hundred years just because before that, we were really in a society where it was kind of just about survival, right? So uh, life or death and kind of just doing doing things how you needed to do them to get by. And then in maybe, say, around 1800, we were able to kind of look beyond that and start thinking about how we could really like perfect our lives um, and work together as a society to really bring more beauty, more light, more happiness, honestly, into our daily lives. And so that's why projectors were created to kind of guide us to to implement that process. And that's why they're still here today and why they're kind of taking on more leadership roles as we see that leadership can kind of look a bit different um, and can be a much more gentle, much more feminine kind of quality. And I, I say that not to say that projectors are only women, um, but just that there is like a little bit more of a feminine quality to it rather than a collaborative the, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. And again, like not to say that any one type is better than the other, but the manifestor is much more of that like aggressive, powerful energy. Um, and so they are, they're not a dying breed, but they're a little bit less of them being born because especially uh, with the internet, we can have each manifestor leading and reaching so many more people than they used to. So there's just a little bit less of that type of energy needed in the world. Mm, okay, that makes sense. And so I think it's a good segue to chat just a little bit more about leadership style according to the types. I know you've spoken about it uh, already, but just to go through each of the types just to kind of hit on some main points if that is possible. I know that other elements of the chart are incorporated, but in case there's some tidbits that you can share for each of the types, that would be so interesting to know. Yeah, absolutely. So manifestors, I think we, we've got a pretty good picture in our minds of what that leadership style looks like, but it's really kind of the Nike, just do it uh, type of step into your power and lead leadership. Um, they're really not, they have a kind of a hard time, uh, say if they're starting at the bottom of a corporate structure and then having to work their way up, they have a little bit of a hard time doing what they're told. So for them, it really is about like 
wherever you're at in life, how can you embody those leadership qualities and like not rely on the advice of others and just trust that you kind of have this innate ability to lead and know where you're going. Um, And then for manifesting generators, their leadership style, they are going to be able to borrow a little bit from the manifester and it will depend if you have more manifest manifestor qualities versus generator qualities in your chart, kind of based on what's expressed, um, because some people fall into that category and some people don't who are manifesting generators. But you will be able to really have that more powerful presence as well. Um, and again, like probably not relying on outside advice as much, but. Also with these guys, I would say knowing that leadership, again, like doesn't have to be linear and that as long as you're being super transparent um, about, you know, the direction you see and that sometimes you just need to change your mind or switch gears and feeling less of a need to explain that, then that's really going to be helpful for these guys. Now, generators for their leadership, this is where I always like to say that Oprah is a generator. So obviously, Oprah is like the ultimate boss that I could think of. (laughs) Um, So we we see that these people can absolutely be boss types as well. Um, But how Oprah's really stepped into her leadership is truly just by following her passions and continuing to put herself in situations that really light her up and like feeling what the world needs and kind of delivering that and then just being elevated very naturally through that process. So when I think of Oprah, I don't really think of someone that seized power it was almost like it was coming to her naturally and like people wanted more and more from her to step into that leadership role yes Um, and she (laughs) she absolutely was able to do that and now she is again like I said like kind of the best boss type I can think of so generators will kind of just naturally get to that point if that's something they want just by doing what they love now projectors are as I said, kind of the new age leader um, where they're being also kind of asked to step into their power a little bit. And a projector would really lead by just being very clear and in their power about what they see differently, why that's important, and just being kind of more of this benevolent leader who is, again, like has a little bit more feminine, flowy, collaborative qualities to them um, and is leading a team fearlessly, but isn't pushing or forcing anyone to do anything they don't want to do. It's just that they're providing such clear vision and structure and feedback that really helps the team grow in a way that's very, cyclical and natural. And then with reflectors, as I said, they can kind of be anything they want to be. So if they're surrounding themselves with leaders and they're really taking in that powerful energy, it's going to be kind of natural for them to fall into that role. So if leadership is something they're interested in, definitely getting mentors, surrounding themselves with people that they'd like to embody and then that will kind of just come naturally to them. 
That was so great. Thank you. Uh, and I love the example about Oprah. What are some other uh, celebrities associated with the types? <laughs> People <laughs> always where we get that. <laughs> yes, yeah. This is where we get into the fun stuff. So try to find your celebrity energy type twin. <laughs> um, so for manifestors, I kind of love and hate to use this example because she's absolutely canceled right now, but JK Rowling is a manifester. Mm. Um, and I, I love her as a manifester example because she was able to create something entirely new um, just with her voice and her words. And that's obviously the Harry Potter, Harry Potter series. Um, and it was something that people just loved and couldn't get enough of and like really looked to her as the expert on, um, and people, she, she gathered such a massive audience and then, you know, but then you also find those people who are like, well, Harry Potter just wasn't for me. Um, which is perfectly fine, right? Because so many other people absolutely loved it. And so what we kind of see from her is that, Manifestors have the ability to create these amazing new things and these new visions and literally speak things into existence. Um, but those things aren't for everybody. And that's perfectly okay because they're going to find their right audience who's like live or die for them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now for manifesting generators, this is actually like my favorite celebrity example of like any energy type ever. It's Michael Jordan. He is like the ultimate manifesting generator. He is checking every box. So obviously he is, you know, when he puts his mind to something, he can just do it. Like he will speak like, I'm going to make this basket and then make the basket like say a manifester would. And then absolutely like push himself to be the best player on the team, to practice harder than anyone else. Um, and that's where that generator energy comes in. He also is showing us the kind of nonlinear path that the manifesting generator is following. So I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how closely you followed, you know, basketball in the 90s, but basically he was he was this basketball superstar, rising star. And then at the height of his career, quits basketball because he's like, I'm just not feeling this anymore. Like this isn't lighting me up. I'm not having fun. And he goes into baseball, uh, wild out of left field where like, what is he thinking type of thing? And he does that for a little while. And then he says, all right, now I am feeling basketball again. And he goes back to it. And then of course, better than ever, the team wins the championship three years in a row. Uh, so again, like that nonlinear path that others would have been afraid to kind of go down, but he really embodies. And then the third thing is just that he is so multi-passionate. So basketball, baseball, he's a movie star. Like we think of <laughs> him as like a personality. He's in all these commercials. Um, he loves golf. Like there's just so many aspects to him that are really like showing what this manifesting generator energy is and like how powerful it can be when people really embody it. I feel like um, in like olden times, they must've been known as like the Renaissance man or woman. <laughs> 
I, I have think to add in, absolutely right. <laughs> I have to add in woman now, even though I don't think there are a lot of women that were labeled that, but honestly, we don't know because that history really isn't recorded. Um, but but it, when you talk about uh, manifesting generators, that's like a, a term that comes to mind. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Now, generators, I know we did Oprah, but I also have to shout out two other people in this one because, again, like just showing how powerful these people can be when they're doing what they love. And that is Beyonce and Meryl Streep. So, I mean, again, like Oprah, Beyonce, Meryl Streep, is there any three women in the world that we love more than these people? (laughs) Very strong women. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And all just really like absolutely doing what they love and doing it for long, long careers and able to sustain that, able to sustain the fandom, to keep doing great work, to just keep getting better actually. Um, and producing this like wonderful, juicy energy that we all want to be around. So I think they're three wonderful examples. And for projectors, I know you actually, you brought this one up, I think, earlier, but Obama is a projector. And I love him as a projector example because we really see that he brought this kind of new style of leadership into being president, right? He's in the ultimate leadership role, Mm -hmm. but he was very much like invited into that role by the people. Like, of course he was elected and that's how we get all of our presidents. But when he was running, like his message of hope and change really resonated with people and they just wanted so much more from him. And even nowadays, like we always want to be like, what's Obama thinking on this current topic? Like, why isn't Obama speaking out? Like, we need to hear his take. Um, so <laughs> I know. I was like, what is he doing? Let me look right. at his Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so people always just want to, to honestly know what Obama thinks. And that is, at the end of the day, that's the projector where people are just seeking out his thoughts. You know, they're not looking for him to physically build something they just want to know about what he thinks he should have a podcast uh i uh, see the people are calling for it (laughs) (laughs) and so that's when when you're a successful projector you'll know that it literally looks like people just calling for more and more from you it is really funny because i think i i may have told you this on our initial call but i've had many people the past year Um, tell me that I should start a podcast. And I was like very against it. There's just so many new things you have to learn. And there's so many podcasts already. I was like, why would people want to hear what I have to say? I mean, now that you've shared what projectors are, yes, (laughs) (laughs) obviously, yes. There's something that I'm sharing that's different and unique. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. And you, you've really been invited in um, to, to share this work and, and to share it with your own unique perspective. And it's so needed. So I love that about you. Oh, thank you. And so now we reach the reflectors, the only 1%. Were you able to find a celebrity twin? I, so I do have, I have a couple. Um, and. One of them is, again, another controversial figure. So 
but again, a good example, and that's Michael Jackson. And so if you think about Michael Jackson, um, he was able to be like the most magnetic, amazing, energetic performer um, because he's feeding off of the energy of like the fans. And then that's kind of creating this cycle of even more fans and more energy for him and more producing of great art. So they really, again, you see where they have this openness to take an energy and then even amplify it and just kind of ride the wave of that. But of course we have the other side to him where he's in this really difficult family situation. He's in the public eye. He gets himself involved with celebrities who, you know, don't have his best interest at heart, people who don't have his best interest at heart. And he really falls down this path of like very, very dark energy, you know, based on the people he's surrounded himself with in his circle and kind of like the, the abuse almost that he, you know, went through as a child. Um, and that creates this really, really unhealthy side to him um, that is just so dark. Um, so it really shows how sensitive they are and how that can be both such a gift and then both such a difficult thing to work with for them. And then someone that's a little bit lighter as a reflector is Sandra Bullock. Um, and we don't know too much, I think, about Sandra Bullock as a person, but we know that she can definitely embody a lot of different roles as an actress. And also, I think a funny example of this is like when she was dating that guy that was really into motorcycles, like everyone was like, who the heck, like, this isn't Sandra Bullock. Like, what is she doing? <laughs> um, but cle <laughs> clearly, there was a part of her that was kind of like, finding that and mirroring his energy and kind of transforming out of the person we all thought she was into this into this other person. So she's a little bit less controversial figure that we can kind of look to as an example of a reflector. Mm -hmm. Wonderful examples. I, I feel like uh, when you're able to share something that people already see, they are better able to understand themselves, especially with celebrities, because there's a big part of the population that loves to keep up with what they're doing. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm in that part of the population for sure. Just because I'm into all this spiritual stuff doesn't mean I still don't read e-news. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. So I know that there's so much to the chart, um, but I, I want to ask, what are some other things that we should look at? You know, right after looking at the different types, um, you know, when we look at our, our chart, um, you know, maybe it's the energy centers, if they're open and closed. Um, there's just so much information to share, but what's that next thing that we should look at? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So the first thing that you really do want to get down in your chart is energy type. Um, the next thing that you want to look for is the word authority. Um, and that can, that can kind of be a little confusing, but at its core, it's about how you make decisions. Um, and there'll be a little tiny tidbit on the site kind of about that. Um, but I have some resources as well, if you're looking for more on that. But it's said that if you're living according to your energy type, and then you know your authority on top of that, you're about 85% of the way there to living your human design. 
Um, so it's super, super powerful that you just kind of continue to get to know both of those things. And then as you mentioned, the energy centers would be a great place to look as kind of a level two into human design. And those are when I mentioned those shapes in the chart and some of them have color and some of them don't, that's the energy centers. And there are nine of them. They kind of correspond to the chakra system. There's two additional energy centers um, in human design. And you'll kind of go through them and see where you're open and closed. Um, and where you're open is where you're very um, susceptible to taking in outside energy um, and either, you know, being super sensitive to it or kind of having this ability to amplify that energy. And then where you're closed is where you have your own really consistent, reliable source of energy uh, that you're showing up to the world with in that area. So say the root chakra, that's going to be the very bottom one at, at, the, um, at the bottom of the chart. If that's filled in, you're going to have a very consistent sense of drive and do really well under pressure and have this just little internal gas pedal in you. And if that's open, what you're going to be is someone who actually doesn't operate as well under pressure, who needs to have a little bit more ease with themselves and who has the ability to maybe in certain situations come in and amplify that drive but then you need to kind of take the gas pedal off and have more ease with yourself. And just like I say about the energy types, none is better to have open or closed. There's nothing in a chart that's better or worse than anything else. But it's more about building that awareness about yourself. Like how can I be a little kinder to myself or how can I really step into my innate gifts? Mm, and how many energy types are there? Um, there, so there are five energy types and then there are nine energy centers. Okay. So the, the root will be at the bottom and then you'll kind of just work your way up. Um, and then how many types of authorities are there? Um, there are, I'm just doing some quick math in my head right now. There must be a lot then. <laughs> no, no, there actually aren't. There are uh, about five authorities. Mm-hmm. Do we have time to talk about the authorities or? Probably not. Probably. <laughs> then we'll, we'll have to schedule this for a part two then to really get into the next phase of understanding your human design. But Absolutely. I think that we can elaborate a little bit more um, on uh, what we've shared so far, the different, uh, types. And so, um, when you were talking, I actually became really curious about self-care. Uh, and I was wondering if you would be able to share a little bit about how each, uh, type can self-care. Um, maybe it's like how much we need to rest, um, the type of sleep we need to get. I'm really curious about that. Oh, absolutely. That's something I love talking about. Um, so for, let's just go through sleep first, um, because this is a really big one. And when I struggle with a little bit, um, if you are a manifesting generator or a generator, you are going to need to be completely exhausted before you get into bed. 
Um, so you want to make sure your day was kind of filled up with doing a bunch of things you loved and then not get into bed, not force yourself to go to bed until you're completely exhausted. This kind of comes into play a lot with parenting. Uh, people who are parenting manifesting generator and generator kids, you really don't want to force them to have a bedtime. You actually want to try to get them to get all their energy out during the day. And then for everyone else, so that's manifestors, projectors, and reflectors, these folks actually do want to get into bed and kind of have like a nice little routine around bed and get in before they're completely exhausted. So they can kind of start to release some of that energy that they took in from the day. And for them, like having a little routine and getting into bed an hour before and just reading or relaxing or talking to a partner is going to be really nice. Um, with projectors and reflectors, ideally they do want to be sleeping apart sometimes um, from a partner because they're so open to taking in that energy that they're actually taking it in while the partner sleeps and while they sleep. And if they're able to completely sleep alone, they're really able to detox that energy a little bit better and just get it out of their system so they can kind of start clean for the next day. And now I said, I struggle with this one because I actually really hate to sleep alone. Uh, but in practice, you know, that is, that is what you would want to be doing for really restful, deep sleep for a projector and a reflector. Mm, okay, good to know. And um, what elements, other el elements of self-care um, do we have to consider with each type? Yeah, well, I have some recommendations for self-care for each type that I think really kind of helps them get to know and embody who they are a little bit more. And so for manifestors, I really recommend that they do any sort of practice that helps them feel really powerful and really in their body. So I like embodiment practices for them, like tapping for self-empowerment, getting into some hip circles if they want to feel a little more like sensual feminine power, um, dancing, ecstatic dance, maybe like a hit workout for them. Just anything that's like feeling like you're in your body and you're like, damn, like my body can do so much. Like I am such a boss. Like I could take on the world right now. And just like starting to embody that powerful energy that they came here, here to feel, even though that doesn't really feel like typical self-care. Like I find that a lot of those activities will like really get them out of their mind and into their body. For manifesting generators, I like to encourage them to find a new creative passion. Um, so something that they've never allowed themselves to do before. Um, so always trying something new for these guys, not getting caught up in whatever they've done in the past and feeling like they can't switch gears, um, but just maybe something that's like been on their mind for a little bit that they really want to try. And generators, honestly, just letting yourself get immersed in something that you love that you find either restorative or like really exciting um, and letting go of the judgment around that. So if you actually have always wanted to get really good at video games um, and you thought that was weird or nerdy, letting yourself get into it and like doubling down on what you love and prioritizing that 
or maybe it's like rest and you have always had some judgment around just really taking your rest, like letting go of that and just doing what you love. And again, like I say, prioritizing that because I think these folks have a tendency to work really hard and then not take care of themselves. Mm, Okay. For projectors, I, I know we talked about rest for them already, but (laughs) that actually is my number one self-care tip. So making rest sacred, um, whether that is getting a new bedroom set or putting on a diffuser, buying some new silky pajamas, trying a new bedtime routine, like just letting go of the idea of rest as being indulgent or saying to yourself that indulgence is bad and like getting into the practice of taking plenty of rests and acknowledging that you need that and really treating it as sacred. For reflectors, I recommend that they explore their spiritual side. They are so tapped into the energy around them, especially kind of in this moment that they're in. And they really need some tools for moving that energy through their body and then turning it into them that wisdom that we spoke about. So like distance Reiki, new or full moon circles, meditation, breath work, just like anything, again, that's going to get them in their body, but in a different way than we talked about for the manifester, because we really want these folks to be like clearing out. Um, And because they really have the tendency to absorb the energy that they need to absorb. But at the end of the day, that's not theirs. They really need to let it go. So practices for moving that energy. Oh my God, that was such great advice for self-care. So wonderful. (laughs) I think people um, have a difficult time taking care of themselves. Um, And especially, um, you know, what's happening in the world right now, uh, there's just more stress. And um, maybe there is more time um, for certain people, but they also might be at a loss of how to take care of themselves or um, just kind of putting that on the back burner. If you have family obligations, more work obligations, um, but I think that self-care is really just so important because it just helps you come back to yourself um, so that you can be able to do what you need to do to um, help others to do your job. And it's just, if your cup is in full, um, it's just so difficult to help someone else. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And recognizing that your self-care could look 100% different than someone else's. We don't all need to be taking a bubble bath and putting on a face mask. Like this is, I think we're all waking up to, you know, how self-care can look different for so many other people and that it's not about how it looks or the money that it costs. It's really about just doing what makes you feel at peace um, within yourself. Yes. Yes. And um, I know that we've shared so much information already. I think people are probably furiously um, taking notes and Googling, um, but is there anything else that you want to share about um, Human Design 101? Absolutely. So I think that what I get asked a lot about is purpose. Um, and 
what I love about human design is that no one energy type is best suited for one thing. Um, so they might do things differently, but they can ultimately be anything they want to be. Um, remembering like kind of the Oprah example um, and her way of getting to be a boss and that she's, she's a generator. So with the energy types, it's less about defining yourself as something rigid and more about finding that flow. Um, now, when we do get purpose coming through in the chart is um, in the incarnation cross. So if anyone's seen that weird set of words in their chart, that's kind of where you really look for purpose in the chart. Um, and that's something that we get into a little bit more in an actual reading. Um, but even with that, though, that's not going to be as strict as like a specific career. Um, it's more about like the energy that you really need to embody as your purpose. So it might be something like changing people or speaking truth to power or having the ability to really like plan out how your life is going to go. So what I love about human design is that it's not really here to put people into boxes. It's more here to wake them up to the many different ways that their energy could be used. I know, Alice, in your chart, I briefly looked back at it, and your incarnation cross is all about exploring the unexpected and being this kind of lightning rod of change that influences people and reinvigorates people who are feeling stuck. So. Again, it's not this like strict textbook purpose type of thing, but I can, you know, I can see from what you're doing that that's such a part of your purpose and that there's so many different ways that that could look. That is really funny. It's been a long time since I looked at the incarnation cross. It's just kind of confusing. So for you to say that um, makes a lot of sense. And it's a question that people ask me a lot, purpose, and how they can find their purpose because um, people look to manifestation, chakras, crystals, human design to help them find the answers. The answers are always within you, but they require some digging and human design is kind of like something in your toolkit that helps you dig up the truth. And I found it to be especially helpful in discovering my authenticity and just to feel more comfortable with myself. And I think that level of comfort and acceptance with yourself allows you to feel empowered and in a state of being, um, um, especially energetically, to be open about what is your purpose? What are you meant to share? What is your gift? And then, of course, the human design element of it allows you to understand how to operate. Um, you know, it just becomes very interesting and just coming back to yourself and to know that everyone is different. And if just because you're, you want to do something different from someone else and from what society has told you, what your family has told you, and that's completely okay. That's something I've really had to grapple with in the last few years. And just recently, I'm like, this is what I'm meant to do. This is my path. And to, and to know it and to live it every single day. Um, once I've just, when I discovered it, I couldn't go back. It was just so, it was just such a truth that was vibrating throughout every cell of my being. And that's how I knew. And it was just through human design and many other things that helped me unlock that. 
Mm, I couldn't have said any of that better myself. Thank you for all of that. And I, I know a lot of people are going to relate after getting this information about themselves. It feels like coming home. And like I said in the beginning, like this is this is not about reaching for something that's outside of you. This is about acknowledging those gifts that you've had in yourself all along. Oh, thank you so much for sharing all of your insights and your expertise on human design. I know that I'm going to get a lot of questions. And so I'm just so excited that we've um, started this collaboration. And thank you so, so, so much. Wow, that was so much information, right? If you're new to human design, it might be a little bit confusing, but that's completely normal. I've looked into human design a few times, and sometimes I spend hours analyzing my chart. If you don't feel like you understand your type or it doesn't completely match you, it's because you need to look into other aspects of the chart, like open and closed centers, the authority, and the incarnation cross. But first, understanding the energy type is the most important. In the workbook, I summarize what we've talked about in the episode, as well as provide more information to help you understand your type, how to self-care, and I've also included mantras for the different styles of leadership. This workbook just has so many questions to help you better understand how your type fits with you. Graciela also gives a great reading of your chart if you're looking for an expert to help you figure things out. Check out the show notes for her contact information. What did you think of the episode? I'd love to know. Tag me on Instagram at W-O-O-W-O-O-C-O. If you have questions, please find me on Instagram as well. One last note on the monthly membership. If you join before this Sunday, you'll be able to take the Chakra Healing Yoga and Sound Bath class on Sunday, July 19th live. It's a wonderful way to unwind and end your weekend. You'll feel relaxed and ready to start the work week. With the membership, you'll also get the recording of the class if you can't make the live time. And if you've been loving the podcast episode workbooks, those are also included in the membership as well. Sign up today via the show notes.